Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walcheff. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every single week, we take you behind the scenes with people that inspire us to be better digital storytellers. Uh, we're really fascinated with the online world and the offline world. Uh, there's never been a time where in 2020, as a single unit barbecue restaurant, we can turn ourselves into a media company. Every single week, we wanna have different people on that will teach you, the listener, how you can leverage your smartphone, the internet, content creation, audio storytelling, video storytelling, photos, as well as text, so that you can tell your story online. Um, this week, we have Doug Shiding of Rogue Cookers, uh, part of the barbecue family. For those of you that have been listening to the podcast since we started Behind the Smoke uh, back in 2017, that was the beginning of our media journey. Um, we produce a lot of media content. Obviously, as a barbecue brand, we have a lot of relationships with incredible influencers, barbecue restaurant owners, pit masters, um, and that's allowed us to create a show called Digital Hospitality. That's the new form of the show. Behind the Smoke has become Digital Hospitality because you can't just be a barbecue business anymore. You can't just be a brick and mortar shop. You have to learn how to tell your story online. And the people that we've made relationships with um, in the last three years, you know, not only in the last three years, actually, since we be, we wouldn't even be a barbecue restaurant if it wasn't for the internet. Um, I needed to learn how to uh, put on an amateur barbecue contest. And I reached out to Kansas city barbecue society. That's the sanctioning body, the NFL, so to speak, um, of barbecue and asked them if there was anyone locally in San Diego that could help, help turn us, help put us put on an amateur barbecue contest. And they introduced me to uh, Gene Goykachea. So we are here today with Doug. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Doug, you're a barbecue world champion. You're on the Traeger Pro Team. You're a head country brand ambassador, and you are a barbecue central Texas correspondent. The original, the longest running. Yes, the, the longest, longest running correspondent <laughs> of the Barbecue Central Show, the greatest barbecue podcast, most downloaded barbecue podcast of all time. Our dear friend, Greg Rempe, who's the host, he's also been on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, he's part of the barbecue family. And, you know, Doug, I'm really excited to have a conversation with you today because I think our listeners, they can learn a lot from somebody that is an aerospace former aerospace engineer, um, but that is in a previous life. What you do now with your passion and what you do as a brand ambassador for multiple brands, um, really sharing your expertise on the internet and doing digital storytelling, what we started the show with. Right. Uh, let's, let's start talking about Doug, um, aerospace engineer. I mean, that's kind of intimidating for somebody like me that runs a barbecue shop. <laughs> I, I, know, I used to I be pretty smart, <laughs> is what I like to say. <laughs> well, for those of you listening, if you want the origin story of Doug Scheiding, um, Greg Rempe has done an incredible job going incredible the story of a lot of people that we've also had on the show, like Sam, the cooking guy, uh, Meathead, Doug Scheiding. But yeah, he gets into the nitty gritty of who each of these people are. And it's uh it's fascinating. Um, I'm really proud, proud of him for, for doing that content because I know as somebody that does a live show for God, I, I don't know how long he's been doing it. 14 years. Every time I say it, I think it's the wrong number, but yeah, I think it is 14 now. Yeah. I think it's 14, 14. years. Yeah. 
yeah. but yeah, nonetheless, uh, let's let's talk to our listeners, you know, really try to help them out because it doesn't okay. matter what your background is. And I think that's the thing that I love the most about digital is there's so many different people that are starting to understand what the game inside the game is. Um, the game inside the game is that there's offline business and there's online businesses, but then there's a blending of the two. And how do you share your story on these different platforms using all these things that we're doing? You love barbecue, right? When did you actually turn barbecue into your side hustle or your passion? Yeah, that, uh, you know, that started, well, our first competition was 2009. I, I actually cooked with a neighbor of mine and we, our first contest, we did this charity event, you know, it's always about the kids. And so we went and cooked and, and we wound up finishing third overall. He was OCD type A. So am I. So, you know, whether it's any, anything, if you're playing tiddly winks, chess, you know, cars, whatever. Quarters. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was an important part of development of my year, my freshman yes. year, but um, the uh, do it 150%. That's my, that's my mantra. You know, uh, if you're going to do something, you do it to the best of your ability. And, you know, most things you can do really well if you put your mind to it. And I, I just listened to your uh, podcast about the the mindset and, and things like that. When when I was in, uh, growing up in, in high school, I wasn't the best tennis player. In fact, my dad, who taught tennis, said I was the worst, uh, most uncoordinated tennis player he'd ever tried to teach. And so that that just made me mad. And that made me drive. And so I became the Ivan Lindell on the on the uh, the ball machine. So, oh, yeah. but, you know, you know, I just practice, practice, practice. And Ivan Lindell drove me nuts just because he had no personality on the court. But, um, you know, whatever you do. I was more of a Stefan Edberg kind of guy, not a Stefan Edberg. I like Matt got, got deep, deep tennis roots over here. I've, oh. I've with my grandfather. I completed the uh, lifetime grand slam. I've been to the French open, Wimbledon, us open and uh, Aussie open. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been, I've been to the Wimbledon grounds, not during play. And then I've been to the, the U S open uh, courts a couple of times, I think three times to, to attend and, uh, and then actually got to play there once okay. uh, I got to play at the, at the U S open courts, but um, you know, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. And, and in barbecue, you know, that, that first contest uh, basically set the hook because uh, he cooked ribs and he got second, got a, belt buckle, you know, about the belt buckle. And then I cooked the brisket that we actually had a grease fire at two, uh, two in the morning could barely cut through the fat on the bottom, but, uh, it wound up finishing third. So it was still nice. pretty tender. Nice. So yeah, that, and that kind of set the hook and it went from a one kind of bucket list sort of thing to, Hey, let's, let's have some fun because I blew out my knee playing tennis and, and I can't compete anymore in tennis. And so this was a way for me to, to the competitive spirit and, and really to go out and try to do something and, and competition barbecues a lot like golf. Um, you know, you're, it's really what you do that day. You can't worry about who's there. You know, you're in control of what you do that day. And that's the, that's all you need to worry about. And, and everyone else, that's why at competitions, we always help each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, someone needs some salt or, you know, pepper, whatever, some spice. Sure. If I've got it, I'll give it to you. So, because, because I'm not really going to worry about what they do, what they do is what they do. I do what I do. Now, as far as when you first started diving into the barbecue world, because th this is what's fascinating to me is, you know, because of the internet, we have access to information like we never had. had yeah. Before. 
which is why we're so adamant about people telling their own story, no matter what that story is, whether it's barbecue or not. You don't have to love barbecue to listen to this episode to get something out of it, because what you've done in this particular space is something that we talk to people in all different walks of life about how they can do it for their charity, how they can do it, you know, for their local little league, how they can do it for their local school. Um, These are things that you need to start researching and you start with a search engine, you know, you start with the search engine and you go, you know, what, what did you search and where did you go? Where, what, what rabbit hole did it take you down? Um, I, I, uh, I went two pronged approach. I went print through books. I read, you know, big Bob Gibson, Adam Perry Lang. And, you know, I probably read, you know, some of the barbecue Bibles and stuff. Um, I probably read about 10 books in, in, in a period of maybe six months. And I don't read books. I'm a magazine. Huh? You read Meathead's book? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, 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 no offense to Stephen Reichland, but that is my my barbecue Bible since it's there based on science. There since you go. it's based on science. So Me that's my number one book. Friend of the show of obviously. Yes. Oh, absolutely absolutely. So so you know, but uh yeah, that that came a little later, his his book. But uh so in the beginning, I read a bunch of books and got some knowledge. And then that's when I, I went to the internet and started looking at processes. And this is, you know, uh, it was 2009 or so. So, you know, the podcasting and, you know, Greg was certainly there, um, kind of his beginning form. And I still have some of those old episodes uh, mm-hmm. taped. And in fact, the, the uh, round tables that he used to do where he'd get, you know, the top, you know, three of the top five cooks and ribs, and then they'd have a round table of how I'd listen to those about four, five, six times. Really? When they came out. Yes, because I, I wanted to know. And part of my approach was bringing, like my rogue cooker's name implies, I like to do whatever the hell I want, as I say. <laughs> Is that what but, rogue cookers means? <laughs> it's my way or the highway? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm, I, yeah, kind of, well, kind of, I'm, I'm just the way I am, but I like to tweak things as yes. that's part of the engineering part of it, right? Yeah. You, you've got, you, you tweak, you don't cook when I cook three racks of ribs, they're all going to be tweaked. One variable, one variable is going to be changed on all of those. It drives my wife crazy or it used to, because we always have a taste off. Everything is a competition, especially when you're cooking and when you're cooking at home. So when, when I'm cooking at home, I'm, I am practicing. I practice. I, I actually, so two things. Number one, I wanted to bring out of Texas flavors to Texas. I wanted to be somewhat unique. I didn't want it to taste like everything else. So those round tables were really good because they were mainly KCBS, yep. non, non-Texas. And uh, in fact, the the rub that I used to win the Houston Rodeo and, and you know, miraculously, you know, beat uh, Darren Worth, the goat, in my opinion, was Harry Sue's jailbreak, uh, awesome. jailbird. Yes. Yeah, so, California barbecue over there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so, you know, I wanted to, to, to do that. And then I'm also different than most. I like the competition food that I turn in here in, in Texas, we have, you know, Betty Sue and Bobby Joe and Doug and, you know, uh, Jane, you know, so we have different variety of people that, that judge, but it's just people off the street. Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't like what I'm, ta- you know, tasting at home, I'm, 
Why would I cook that in competition? So that's just very different. You know, obviously you got to have the tenderness down and, and really then the flavor profile is secondary in, in my mm-hmm. book. But, um, uh, but, and I'm also a proponent of artisan type food. I think the food looks good. Uh, It has to look good because as Alton Brown says, that's the number one way. That's the first way you increase the moisture in your food is when people salivate, literally, they see something that looks good. They start salivating. It's actually more moisture. So that's one of the six ways to increase moisture. But so those are the types of things that I, I like to try to bring in, which is kind of my science and engineering background and also being unique and different. And, and so um, that's, that's the way I approach cooking is you got to do things methodically. You got to do it, be able to repeat them and you need to just change one or maybe two things at a time. Now, do you change things even when you have a winning recipe? So when you win a competition, <laughs> you yeah. can't leave it alone. You have to well, go change it the next time. Is no, I won't. I, I won't up? necessarily. I won't necessarily change it at a competition. Okay. So you know, so kind of like uh, you know Dave Vasca and stuff. You know, if you go to three, four, five competitions and and your chicken's just not hitting, you better change something. And yeah. that's actually how I came up with my chicken recipe. It hit, was hitting for a while, and then the kind of the flavor profiles of the judges changed a little bit. So I said, okay, so I'm going to start from scratch. And then I had basically two months of every weekend I cook chicken at least once or twice. And, and we would, and so I would, I keep a journal and I recommend everybody keeps a journal, a cooking journal. So I have, you know, kind of my pre Traeger days of, of cooking, you know, on offsets and drums and things. And then I've got my Traeger cooking journal and it's organized by classification of meat, you know? And so when I share some of those journal pages with uh, Stover, our (laughs) producer to include in our, uh, our article about rogue cookers. Um, Yeah, I can, I can, I can uh, give, we don't need the winning recipes, but just an idea, an idea of the engineer, the, the man, the, the man behind the, the rogue cooker. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, but it's upper level, you know, it's fine. I want the upper level. I want the Einstein barbecue Einstein. (laughs) I want those notes. Right. I have OCD tendencies, as I like (laughs) to say, OCD tendencies, you know, I don't track, I don't say, gosh, it was sunny that day and it was 75 degrees and there was no wind. You know, I don't go to that detail because that's, that's a, uh, variation less than 5%. It's really the mo- major things, you know, you know, what did you, what did you cook? You know, what type of meat did you start with? Great product. Yeah. You know, you got to start with a great product. You know, what, what rubs did you use? How did you cook it? You know, was it hot and fast, low and slow, whatever, those sorts of things, then that's, that's in my notes. And so those are the types of things that I, I like to keep track of. So now those are all actual notes to paper, right? You're not making digital notes. Are you taking photos of your process? Are you taking videos of your process? When does the the brand ambassador, the digital storytelling of Doug start to come out? When I started on my own, when, when, uh, after I was kicked off left, whatever of that, the, the other team, kicked I, off left, I there, there sounds like a story in there. <laughs> okay. There is, there is. I've told it several times. Yeah. Yeah. So fair anyway, enough, fair yeah, when, when I was pointed at and said, when, when you, I cooked by myself at the San Antonio rodeo, when he, he pointed at me, when you, when you cooked your own recipes, when, when you, you went rogue and decided uh, to cook your own recipe is when you decided you're no longer part of the team. So that's how, and then my wife that's how you there. became rogue cookers. Yeah. Oh, for sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It's one of the best That's stories fantastic. ever. It's one of the best stories ever. And, and I, w- I actually hadn't picked up on it. You know, yeah, a strong man has a stronger woman behind him. My yeah. w- wife, you know, when we were leaving, cause it, it was, uh, we were celebrating our win. I got, I got second at the San Antonio rodeo and brisket and 16th and chicken. And I got fourth overall by myself out of 300 teams. And we were kind of celebrating. And then I was like, what are we talking? And then I'm kicked off the team. And so, you know, we left and I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to call myself. And, and my wife goes, he gave you the name. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Sure enough. He did. So, but uh, yeah, so it's more of a high level type, you know, type uh, overview or notes that notes that I take, but uh, I strongly encourage it. So I, you know, it's helped me talking about those, those notes. Those are the analytical side of actually writing down pen to paper, uh, which helped you with your cooking process. Talk to me about the digital storytelling side. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I didn't answer that. Um, Two things. One, I've always kept notes electronically. Okay. So, you know, we've talked about, you know, kind of the electronics and phone computer computer used. I mean, I've been on computers forever, you know, since the 386 day, 286 days. So anyway, but so computer has always been like another arm, you know, another appendage to me. It's always with me. And especially when my engineering days, when I was doing computer simulation, you know, Mm so a computer is very important to me. So I've, I've kept everything electronically. So no, no, no journal in terms of a diary or anything. So, but that's all been electronic. But when, when I left that other team and started my own, I actually was on Facebook, but never posted anything. So I was really just more for the social interaction, et cetera. And so what year? You know, what year is this? this would have been uh, late September, September, 2013. Okay. Two thir- uh, 2013. So I was on Facebook. Heck, I, I mean, I'm old enough to be on MySpace in the in the old time. But anyway, so <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it was big for six months. Yeah. But uh, so so I started posting a little bit more on Facebook and, you know, just more about our team and and things like that. And then and then when uh, I got on with Traeger, they from a digital standpoint, they were you know, I didn't pay much attention to Instagram. I had an account, you know, and, and, but, um, uh, or, or Twitter and, but Traeger encouraged me, Hey, post a little bit more, you know, get some more followers and things like that. And, and, uh, truthfully, I was actually left out of a few things early on with Traeger because I didn't have many followers. Mm -hmm. So, um, this year is really the, the first year I've really dedicated to posting more on Instagram, a little bit on Facebook. Heck, we haven't posted much on Facebook just because we haven't been competing or doing many many events, but I'm still posting some there. And then I post to Twitter as well. Um, I, I was, it's almost, you can get too many, you know, I'm a little bit of ADHD squirrel, you know, sort of thing. And so I have to concentrate on just a few. So those are really kind of the three that I focus on. And, uh, you know, I don't focus on TikTok or, or, or some of those other things. So I, I think you can get the, I think there's a limit to, to the amount of attention span and time. Um, my day job is a business broker, right? Yeah. That my most ex, uh, important thing is time. 
You know, that time is money. And so if I'm spending, you know, time on a certain project, that means there needs to be a goal or success. Same, same thing with, with, uh, uh, basically social media, but I, I agree with a lot of the things that you've said about social media, especially responding, being kind, you know, those sorts of things and, and doing that, that has to be part of the time and attention you pay to it. Yeah. So tell me, I know a lot of people that are listening, doesn't matter if they're in the barbecue space or not. They want to, they, they see a brand, you know, let's call it a digital hospitality, shining example of somebody that they would like to do business with, or they'd love to become an ambassador, a digital ambassador for their product. Um, a lot of people do that just naturally because the brands are so great and they love, you know, using the products. So they share those products online, but how does one, um, approach a trigger or how did you approach trigger? How did that relationship come to be? Yeah, it, um, well, when I, I, I started cooking on my own, I had cooked the Jack, uh, right after I left that team, I got asked to cook the Jack literally like two weeks after, um, I was cooking on my own. Um, and it was a gentleman that I met at the San Antonio rodeo when, when, when I did so well by myself and he had won the Houston rodeo, but he was a manager and he didn't, he didn't really, he wasn't a cook and he had gotten a fight with his team over the trophies and stuff, you know, but, but so he asked me to cook, he had a free entry into the Jack. So he said, Hey, you know, can you cook the Jack with me? That's where I first saw pellet cookers. And so I saw that a lot of people that do, you know, those people basically do it almost full time. Right. Yep. And, and, and so I was like, gosh, what are these things? And, and my wife, you know, talked to the international teams and they were like, oh yeah, we cook on uh, fast Eddie. I can't do in accents. My wife can do them great, <laughs> but uh, you know, they were in, and you know, if you, you know, fast Eddie, you fast. And, and so anyway, so we were like, oh, so I started researching them and I bought one. I went to the kiosk. They sold Traegers at the kiosk in the mall. And uh, I went there three times. I'm, I'm a research guy. I'm a touchy feely guy. Yeah. I bought Traeger cause I could touch and feel it. And, and I thought it's a thousand bucks you know, uh, whatever, you know, that's not, not really very much for a pet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started cooking on it. My first contest, I got a 12th and I think it was a, maybe a 14th and 16th out of 150 teams and uh, cooked everything on the Traeger. I'm like, okay, I can do this. So I think I was the first one to cook on Traeger in Texas. And then with what, about a year later, that's when I won the Houston rodeo. So I actually contacted Traeger, sent an email to their marketing manager. And I said, Hey, I won the Houston rodeo cooking on, on a Traeger. Perhaps we could uh, start some sort of relationship where, you know, I get product and, and that yeah. sort of thing. And so uh, we, ta- uh, we talked uh, for a bit and he said, okay. So they used my name and uh, Danielle Divacue, who by the way, has taught me a ton about branding and marketing. Yeah. She's, she's, very smart. And that's her background. And she has taught me a lot. So I, I met her kind of at the, the right time from the formation because that goes into digital. You yeah. Know, she's big into the digital what year. Thanks so. around what year. Um, gosh, that was when that was, um, yeah, it was probably 2015, 2015. What did, so, uh, what, did Diva, what did she teach you specifically? If you can the remember. branding look yeah. the same, you know, she always had, I mean, let's say she has the red fingernails. She wears her, you know, black hat and her black, you know, she, she's Danielle Divacue every time you see her and yeah. from a branding standpoint. So she said, you know, basically the consistency yeah. in branding is very important. Personal branding. 
personal branding. Yeah. And, and I, and, you know, I was listening to, to, to that other podcast today from, um, uh, it was Justin and, and I found it interesting, his alter ego, you know, yeah. from the standpoint of, uh, you kind of have to have an alter ego. Cause I'm really kind of a, an introvert. I don't really like to draw attention to myself. I'm, I'm fine at public speaking now, just, you know, through my career and stuff. But, uh, uh, but, but anyway, you have to have an alter ego, which goes into the branding, but, so going back, I they used my name, used Daniel's name uh, on the Kansas City, the American Royal podcast, I mean, uh, uh, competition, the PR that came out from Traeger. And this yeah. is when Traeger had just been bought out, right? So, you know, Joseph Traeger, they had moved it from Pacific Northwest down to Salt Lake City. So, um, and then we went up there and we got uh, the, the top uh, pork cooker. Uh, on a Traeger and finished like second and being, and so, and then the, the Traeger sales manager came by my, my uh, booth and said, man, and had my ribs and said, this is the best rib I've ever had. So then they started taking notice of me. And then we started developing a, a relationship and uh, lo and behold, that same year we went to the Jack and got first in chef's choice. So then they're like, okay, you, we need to bring you in. You need to, you can cook. You need to start, you know, tr- doing some classes and events and things like that. So I, you know, I, I started doing a few events, um, started doing a few classes for them here in, here in Texas. And then um, I think it was the next year, 2016 is when I went to, to headquarters and then I met some of the people. And then we, we actually put, put some, you know, pen to paper and then they, uh, I'm a paid consultant to them since I think 2016. That's so, great. And when, yeah. uh, when did you meet Chad Ward? Cause he, uh, he's been on our behind the smoke podcast, whiskey bent, and, uh, we're big fans of Chad. Oh, Chad. Oh boy. Oh, Chad. Oh Chad, boy. Chad's a good, good dude, man. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly when it was that I met Chad for the first time. I'm trying to think. So, um, I'll have to think on that, but, uh, yeah, I, I knew Chad some from competitions. Okay. And, you know, maybe Memphis in May or, you know, so I knew him some from the competition uh, circuit. And uh, so, you know, when he, he, and obviously his relationship with, with uh, Greg Rempe and when he had his show with the whiskey bent barbecue show, you know, I, I, those were the two podcasts that, that I've listened to regularly. Um, and, and I enjoyed Chad has a much different approach than Greg, uh, more, you know, fly by the seat of your pants and, and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, he, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think. So he may have come to one of my classes and stuff. And, and I took, actually, I, I went to Traeger headquarters and took one of his classes mm-hmm. just to see how he taught his class. Um, cause I, I had taken one for, or, you know, help Danielle and stuff. And so, so then, um, then that's when I was started getting in the regular, um, cycle of, of teaching classes last year. I think I taught maybe 10 classes or so, certainly not anything like, uh, like Danielle, but, um, no, uh, I've done, uh, several events and contests with uh, done the world food championships with Chad. Um, we did the super bowl when it was here in Houston, we did that and got reserve grand champion there and stuff. So um, Chad's great. He's unbelievable. He's, he's your best friend within five minutes. He's done great for the, the brand. He calls me uh, dad 
affectionately from the standpoint <laughs> of I have a tendency that if no one's going to take over, I'll take over and yeah. I will take over. I'm the detail guy. I'll have the spreadsheet. I'll have, <laughs> you know, go to the meetings. Chad's yeah. like, you go and do that, man. It's all right. Or you come back and tell us what's what happened at that <laughs> meeting and, and then we'll talk about it. We'll just do it. And yeah. So anyway, so yeah, but uh, yeah, Chad's fantastic and he's been great from the brand and and he's also been a, a, a mentor of mine to a certain degree as well. So I know uh, our, our own producer, uh, Stover Harger, the third, um, the he, third, uh, not the fourth, the third, not the fourth. Yeah, yes, know, exactly. I called him the fourth on his own. I, know. <laughs> I, think, it's, I think it's just because I'm so, I, I love, I love, uh, I love his son so much. Watching uh, that could be, uh, it could reminds, be. We... reminds me of my little boy, but um, yeah, I know. I mean, him and I, the only reason that we started our connection was through digital hospitality. He started uh, uh, Best Barbecue Show the same time that we started Behind the Smoke. And, um, you know, we believe a rising tide lifts all ships. And we never think that anybody's competition. We think that we can all strive together, um, which is why we're excited to do the podcast. And the people that we've met through the podcast um, that listen to the show, the people that have interacted with us, the people we've had on the show. Um, I mean, now Stover works for us, but, you know, he established a relationship with you where you guys where you essentially sent them a smoker um a traeger smoker i did i did a traeger, a traeger pellet grill and now um you know through our relationship you've sent you've sent me one and it's coming in the mail and i've already started to uh think about content creation ideas for traeger and i think that's one of the things that you know i really hope that people start to understand you know your relationship with traeger came because you won <laughs> you did something noteworthy in yep. order for them to catch their attention. And then you reached out to their marketing department, but it's a low and slow relationship. I mean, things don't happen overnight and you earn credibility by doing great work, right? You have to do great work and you have to prove that great work over and over again. Um, one of the things that we've done with a lot of our connections through Cali Barbecue Media is help people that we're already partners with like toast our pos company um we had an unboxing video where you know it became this huge video that was so successful on linkedin on instagram uh, for the sales rep will and for ali um, they made you know a bunch of notoriety in their company because they couldn't believe that one of the clients went out of their way to make this video for them unboxing tech gear, which is restaurant tech gear. But what we want to teach the listeners, how can you start to think of content creation? How can you start to think of your relation, the existing relationships that you already have, instead of always thinking about what's it going to be for Cali barbecues? Well, what can I do for Traeger? So now we already have a relationship with Brian Bushfield from hot sauces and more. He has an incredible hot sauce uh, company. He sells Traeger. Um, we already do work with him, but what are we going to do? We're going to figure out how, once I get all the, all the Traeger boxes together, we're going to make a Traeger unboxing video. Brian's going to come over. He's going to help set it up for me because even as somebody that's quote unquote, a barbecue expert, I'm a barbecue media expert. I have a barbecue expert. I'm not the guy that's cooking at the competitions. I'm the guy organizing the competitions. I'll organize the KCBS event at the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club. I'll get barbecue, slow smoked ribs to Antonio Gates at the Chargers catering that we do, but I'm not the one that's actually cooking it. What we're going to do here is we're going to take me, the barbecue expert, that's really not an expert, and I'm going to make videos of how easy it is to learn how to use your recipe to make brisket on a Traeger at my house with my son. 
Fantastic. And that's something that I'm excited about because it puts me in the position of people that I admire the most, like Sam, the cooking guy. He is who he is authentic to himself because he's not a chef and he has no problem going and making fun of himself for not knowing (laughs) he's not the engineer. He's not the Doug Shiding where he's going to measure the recipe. He's going to say, you know what, what, what do you have? You got a handful of salt? Fucking put a handful of salt. Just put it in there. Yeah. But that's the exciting part of the world that we live in is if you're true to yourself, you can start to create content in a way that is true to your brand. And for me, for Cali Barbecue Media, you know, I'm so appreciative that you reached out to Traeger and I'm really excited to do this unboxing video. But how do you think of content creation when you're in the kitchen with your wife or when you're doing a weekend cook? How do you think about your relationship with Head Country? Because I know you're also a brand ambassador for them. Yeah. And for Traeger. Um, you know, yeah, you mentioned in terms of... Uh, to me, cooking is enjoyable. It's it's relaxing, and uh, it's it's you kind of get away from the world. And so I actually have I get out of somewhat of my engineering environment. I used to measure everything down to the you know I did. I'll ask you know, your wife. I'll find yeah. out if, it, if that's true or not. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. She You've she is the. Way? She is the, yes, exactly. She is the true chef from the standpoint and cook. You know, she, she makes desserts. She makes desserts, great desserts, doesn't measure anything, which is not what you're supposed to do when you're baking. And it comes out fantastic. You know, I used to measure everything and then I stress about it. Now I don't stress about it. You know, that, that much, you know, from the standpoint of, cause I use commercial rubs. Now I used to stress about it more when I made my own rubs. And, and so now I just use commercial ones and I have a lot more fun. You're going to have a lot more uh, fun barbecuing with the Traeger. When yeah. I switched to Traegers is when it allowed, you know, kind of the engine left brain, right thing. It allowed me to use the other side of my brain. Cause you know, engineering were very structured and methodical, yeah. but, but now it's the creativity part. So I, I use that in my cooking as well as uh, trying to share with other people on digital, you know, different digital platforms, mm-hmm. um, you know, the creative things that you can do. Um, and also I, I, fashion myself somewhat as a photographer or, you know, an amateur photographer. So, so I like everyone's a photographer. Well, yeah, but no, no, seriously. Everyone has to study the art of photography. Exactly. That's the world we live in. Like, yes, the fact that's what digital storytelling is. And that's what I'm excited about. It's like, we all think, you know, we all like to take photos in some shape or form whatever you're taking photos of. But the point is you need to take more photos and you need to start thinking about it as a craft. How do I take better photos of if I'm taking photos of my family, why don't I learn how to take better photos of my family, better lighting, better angles. You know, you don't need a better camera. You have it in your pocket. Oh, the phone is, yeah, the phone is amazing. So yeah, it's, it's great. You know, and so I'll take this weekend. I, I, I just posted my brisket from this weekend. I really like that picture, but the other like eight picture, I took 10 pictures, eight were meh, not so good. One great one and one pretty good one. So, you know, I threw the other, you know, those other eight, I just threw them away. You know, it's, it's easy. So, you know, the phone always eats first. Um, but the phone uh, eats first, the f- hashtag phone eats first. Okay. Always. Hashtag always. phone eats first. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay. What other, what other hashtags do you use? Um, well, uh, eats and stuff, but I mainly uh, don't it, squeeze the meat. 
Yes. Don't squeeze the meat is I, you know, I know someone very, very closely who has that domain name. Don't squeeze the meat and don't squeeze your meat. I'm a domain collector. Why why do you collect domains? uh, I don't know. You know, I I think uh, you never know what, what you're going to go off into. I first started collecting domains. uh, I'm in fantasy baseball, fantasy football used to be fantasy baseball, not betting just for fun. And, you know, I, I was like, man, I'm going to start a fantasy website. And, you know, and, and, but then I was like, ah, nah. Yeah. So I had probably about five or 10 and then I started getting into barbecue and stuff. And so, yeah, so I have, I have those, you know, body built by barbecue and, you know, all, all, all kinds. When you, me, also was, have, huh? you also have handles or just websites? I just have hang, uh, websites. Okay. Yeah. So I just have the domains. You're not collecting social handles also. No, 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 no. Just, just websites. And I've sold some. And and in fact, I sold, I I basically exchanged some with Traeger uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Cause they, I even told them, I said, go out and get these domains. You should get these domains. You know, they're, they're, they're part of the brand. Right. And they didn't. And so then the marketing manager said, we want those back. And I'm like, well, they were always mine, but you know, send me, send me two grills and I'll send, I'll send you these yeah. four. So I did that twice actually. So, and I still have about 10 more that they should have, but they, they haven't contacted me, but no, no matter, no matter. But, um, you know, going back to the digital side, I think, you know, one thing for me as a competition cook, especially early on, I always kept things close to the vest. You don't want people to know what rub you had. You know, I, you know, like I just said, I used Harry's, you know, rub. I, it, it actually took me about six to seven months after I won the Houston rodeo that I probably should contact Harry and at least let him know. And then he could use that in his digital presence. And that was actually a big moment for me because I was like, okay. And, and then it developed a great relationship with Harry because he actually came to the Houston rodeo the next year and was a guest of mine. And I, and he was so nice and, you know, barbecued love and, and, and it really opened my eyes that, okay, you don't need to really hold things in, in the Traeger shop classes. But we teach, we teach all kinds of techniques. I mean, you can only process through your ears, 10% of what you hear anyway. Yeah. Right. So, and even if I told you my recipe or if I thought I told you my recipe, uh, you know, exactly. I'm going to probably forget a th- one or two steps that I do. And it's just out of, you know, nature that I do that. And oh, well, everyone should be doing that, et cetera. And I just forget to capture it. Um, But, you know, one of the things you mentioned is what you're going to, you know, cook, let's say some of the recipes on Traeger. And, you know, my brisket recipe is, it was the number one recipe in 2018. The thing that makes me the proudest is I, the last time I checked the, the ratings, let's say it was four, eight and maybe 40 or 50, you know, people had come in on it. There were a lot of first time people cooking a brisket on there. They had never cooked a brisket. They cooked that recipe, which has some competition techniques. You don't have to follow. You don't have to inject if you don't want to. You don't have to follow. Just follow the process. Mm -hmm. Barbecue and cooking is about a process as much as anything. So if you follow that process, you're going to get the tenderness and it's going to be good from that that standpoint, you may not even have all the rubs and stuff, just follow the process. And it's going to be much better than, you know, 80, 90% of the barbecue out there. Do you think that there in digital storytelling, there's a process that you've learned? Be open. It's not about you. It's about the people sharing 
and educating people. The more people are engaged, the, the, you know, if you educate people, they're going to become more engaged. Right. And that's what it's, that's what it's all about. So don't concentrate on yourself, concentrate on, on information you can give, give to other people. Um, uh, recently with head country, I, uh, we, they did a give giveaway. Actually it was part of their sugar-free. They were releasing a sugar-free recipe. Um, uh, excuse me, a sugar-free sauce. I developed a recipe, a pulled pork recipe, and they were doing that and they had a giveaway and stuff. And so what part of it was type a question and we'll do a, an Instagram live after, after a few days and Doug will answer, you know, some of the top 15 or 20 questions. So we were going up to the the wine country up in, up in Fredericksburg. And, uh, normally I drive and I said, you're driving today, but babe, I'm going to be on the computer. So I went and answered each of those. That might've been 300 questions. And That's my wife a lot said, of questions. Oh yeah. She goes, you're going to answer. I said, yes, that's the right thing to do. That's the engagement. That is building rapport with head country from the standpoint of head those people, because they'll hold it against head country that, Hey, you never answered the question. Well, they're not going to answer. It's up to me. So, you know, that's building engagement with my brand, with their brand and being a representative for them. So I went through and, and answered all of those, those questions. And in fact, some people were kind of poking fun at me and I took it literal. And some of my friends that I didn't even recognize there, you know, cause I was just in the mode, answer the question, yeah. Yeah, yeah, answer the question. But that's, that's what it's about is, is engaging people because, you know, if, if someone types a question and then no one answers it, then okay. They probably won't engage next time. Yeah. That's digital hospitality. Yes, by definition. I like your hat, by the way. Thank I you. like the 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 arrow phone and heart right there. That's nice. Is that a new one? I hadn't, uh, I hadn't. Yeah, that's our main logo for our for the digital hospitality podcast. But um, yeah, okay. we, uh, we use those two emojis all the time, and we okay. hope uh, everyone that listens to the show they start to think of, you know. The online presence the same way that a restaurant owner thinks of, uh, you know, your offline presence. Right. You walk into any restaurant that you love or you care about, you feel welcome. You know, when you walk into someone's home, when you go to a barbecue competition and, you know, you know, you know, the team or, you know, the family, um, that's how you want to feel welcome. And when you go into an online space, you've got to create that same type of relationship. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know, absolutely. One of the things, you know, uh, you know, we, I think I talked to you the day I was getting my phone or, or, uh, uh, cause you were and cause you told me what an important device the phone phone is. And, yes. and you're so, you're so right about that. Uh, because I had always, nah, my phone is three and a half years old. It's fine. You know, and I, I don't really, you know, want to, want to switch to a new phone. So I was four. And so I actually went in and bought a 5g phone. It was the second day this phone was out. I'm never on the bleeding edge of technology, believe it yeah. or not, even though I come from, well, part <laughs> of it is the first version of anything is usually sure. not so good. Right? You, you know too well. You're an engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You never buy the first year of a car when they do the yeah. redesign. That, yeah. That's just a rule. But uh, so I was like, I was like, 5G. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want that. But uh, so, but it's amazing. Now I'm starting to rely a little bit more on my phone than I des- do necessarily my computer. Yep. And it's, it's as fast as, as, as my computer. And yeah, it's, it's really opened my eyes that, yeah, the phone is, that is the main tool that we should be looking to, to, to really communicate because you've got it with you all the time. 
You know yep. what you, you, yeah, you're, you're lost if, if you leave your phone and you go into you know town to work for the day and stuff and gosh, you're lost. You almost have to go back and get it. I mean, that's the crazy thing is we think about like, I could leave my house without my keys before I could leave without my phone. <laughs> right. Like I will walk to work 12 miles <laughs> as long as I have my phone, but I will not leave, you know, without yes. my phone. Yes. Like yes. You'll turn around and go back to your house to get your phone because it's right. literally, you know, your digital connection. Uh, yep. One thing I did want to talk to you about, Doug, is yes. your, with your primary job, um, which I'm fascinated with, and I know we've talked offline about this, is, is a business broker. Um, you know, so yep. you help your, you help business owners sell their business. Um, for me, I told you how fascinated I was in your line of work, especially in the evolution of your line of work, because as you know, as a restaurant owner, if I was buying a restaurant, which you and I have talked about, yeah. uh, the traditional things that would go onto the PL, the the assets of what is this restaurant worth, what's their lease, what's their the equipment that they have, you know, what's their revenue. For me, that's one part of the ledger. The other big part of the ledger that isn't talked about is valuation of digital assets. How many Facebook fans do they have? Yeah. How many do they have on their email list? How many, what's their website traffic? Um, you know, so many things that have happened, you know, literally in the last 20 years that now are on the forefront of, you know, of possibilities for people to buy, you know, because a lot of businesses are going to be going out of business. A lot of businesses, probably the ones that are going out of business, most likely they don't have a strong online presence. That's my big generalization, but there are brands that do have strong business, strong digital uh, profiles. What, what are you seeing as far as the, uh, the digital valuation of businesses? Yeah. The, the, um, if in terms of the presence and things like that, obviously from a banking lending, they're going to think of that as goodwill and part of the intangibles, et cetera. Right. You know, so, so talking news, the value, the value is in the eye of the beholder. Yes. Right. Whether you're the seller, your baby's always prettier than, than anybody else's out there, just like anybody's kid. And coming from someone with no kids, I can be objective and only 10% are really cute. Yeah. <laughs> right. Same with businesses. Same with businesses. The business isn't as pretty as what the seller thinks. Okay. So our job is, is, is really, uh, and my wife is a psychologist and I'm a lifelong project for her. So, um, I'm glad <laughs> that I keep her, uh, you know, interested in, you know, after 31 years, but anyway, so, uh, it's a psychological maze to a certain extent. It's a dance between the buyer and, and, the, and the seller because it's a long process and you have to communicate like just with your, you're saying the online presence and things like that and how you pivoted and, and things. Um, you might be right on the, on the restaurant side, you know, either, either the, you know, the, the owner wasn't, um, you know, wasn't ready to pivot, wasn't, you know, didn't think open up the horizons to really think differently and, and do things differently. But um, business brokerage is very interesting from the standpoint of a, it's a lot of variety. That's one of the reasons I got out of engineering. It, uh, it wasn't enough variety. Um, uh, but the brokerage is it's different every day and the, how you do the process. We're very methodical. We have 10 steps, but uh, you know, there are some people that, 
the the gentleman, there's a gentleman in Boston that focuses on restaurants. Mm-hmm. 90% of what he sells, they change the concept. That's a foreign, yeah, that's really foreign to me. You know, they change the name, uh, et cetera. It's just, okay, they're looking at it as location, 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 more of a real estate type thing. Cause okay, if an Italian can do well there, a, a Mexican place can do there, et cetera. I think you were talking about your location was more from your, was it your grandfather or something right. and the liquor license and things like that. And I mean, that was a great story in terms of, you know, your, your grandfather, at least seeing, seeing you open it, et cetera. But, but that was probably not the best location. Correct. And, and that probably forced you, surmising here, that it maybe forced you to look at things differently. It's not location, location, location. You needed to draw people to you to bring it to you as a destination. Right. And and you've done, you know, doing the breakfast only and barbecue and stuff. I was like, what? You did breakfast? Anyway, although I am a huge, huge taco fan. Breakfast taco fan. Breakfast I, literally. Well, Texas oh, absolutely. Tacos, right? Every day. Every Texas day. Breakfast tacos. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean uh, every day, uh, yeah. e- e- even at home. So I'll, I'll even buy extra tacos when I go into town, so I can eat them at, at uh, eat them in the morning the, the the next day. But you looked at it from a different perspective, and that's how you brought made yourself more of a destination, as well as uh, were were able to to pivot. Um, that is something that. As you as a business owner, et cetera, can convey to other business owners. But also if you were selling your business, um, then you would convey that in terms of, okay, these, this is something else that we have other than, you know, some business, they collect emails and they send out emails and stuff and, yeah. you know, they've got 2000 emails. Okay. That, that was, that was cool eight years ago. Yeah. You know, your reach from a social media standpoint, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever, an interaction that's, that is an intangible value in, in, in the business. If someone wanted to continue with whatever concept it is. Mm-hmm. So, so it, 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 it depends on, do they want to continue and build upon what that existing owner has done from a, a social media? You know, if I want to go in and say, okay, I'm going to turn this Mexican hole in the wall place into a barbecue restaurant. Yeah. It, if they have a good presence, that's fine. And in fact, I probably wouldn't pay them for that. You keep it and you go move to another part of town, but I want your location or, you know, I, uh, because it's close to my house or, you know, it's, it's on a corner that I want, et cetera. So, um, again, beauty and value is in the eye of the, of the beholder. So you have to, from our perspective, we have to get the buyer to see the value in the same way that the seller does. Mm-hmm. And we act as the intermediary. So we do everything, you know, confidentially. We, you know, get the, because as a business owner, if you're selling, typically 99% of the time, you don't want someone to know your business is for sale. Yeah could hurt you. It could hurt your digital presence. It, it could hurt, you know, from the standpoint of, oh, the new owner, you know, your employees, you don't want your employees to know because someone's been whispering in their ear about, you know, going and doing something else. Then you've lost your most valuable, you know, or some of your valuable employees, et cetera. And you, and you haven't even sold yet. You don't even, the next person may be nicer. They may be a better owner than, than the previous one. Usually it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the unknown that, that causes angst in people. 
you know, and, and so they start building things up that it's going to be bigger and worse than, than, than ever. They're going to get someone in here. That's, that's going to, uh, you know, not do the digital things that you're doing and that's what drives them or, or, or whatever. So it's, uh, that's why you just do everything confidentially. And when the time becomes appropriate, then you let people know. What would your advice be to somebody that wanted to build their personal brand? Um, obviously, you have the expertise in the barbecue space. What would your advice be for for someone to to start off? The big the big tips. Um, some of the common things, you know, be the same on all, on all social media platforms. Be unique, you know. Get get make sure that your name is available on the web domain, the Instagram, TikTok, you know, lock it down on TikTok, lock it down on Twitter and make sure it's all the same, mm-hmm. the same name. Um, so uh, be consistent, you know, from, from that standpoint. So, uh, you know, I, th- even in your color scheme and, th- and those sorts of things, I think, uh, you know, consistency is key, key consistency in, in posting as well. You know, this year I probably, you know, went from po- just by posting every day. I'm, you know, I would post maybe two or three times a week, let's say last year, et cetera. You know, so the interaction was kind of hit or miss, et cetera. I post every day. I said, January 1st, I'm posting every day for this year just to kind of see how it goes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a million, you know, I've got, you know, maybe almost 14,000 followers, et cetera, but I've gone from like 2,500 to, you know, 14,000 all organ. I'm not, you know, you can pay for, you know, some people have paid for, you know, 2000. I know, yeah. I know people who have paid for, you know, just so they can get their numbers up. And I refuse to do, to do that and be genuine. I think that's another thing too. Be genuine, be true to yourself, because if you're not, people will see through it and, and they'll be, they'll, they'll move on to the next, to the next thing. Well, Doug, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Um, where can people find you online? Rogue cookers. So there you go. Cookers, rogue cookers, Doug Scheiding world champion. Uh, how can they listen to you? Um, you on the uh, barbecue central show? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm on the, the barbecue central show, uh, at the fourth Tuesday of every month as part of the, the embedded, uh, correspondence. And you mentioned the origin story. I, you know, I, you know, Greg Rimpey, the Michael Jordan of, of barbecue podcasting. And, and, and he's actually a great interviewer. And I listened to that after I, I did it. I'm like, wow, I said some stuff because normally I don't share things. And I was like, yeah. I shared a lot. Of, I actually haven't posted on my Facebook. I'm going to because I was like, babe, you need to listen to this and make, make sure, sure it's, it's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I said, because I shared a lot of stuff. And, uh, uh, but, but anyway, so I'm, I'm on there. Um, uh, I'm going to be on the baseball and barbecue podcast uh, in, uh, as I'm going to be a guest contributor to the hall of fame, uh, ballot that, that, that came out. I was on there about a week, uh, excuse me, about two, two months ago or so. And, um, uh, and then they realized how much I like to talk about baseball as well. So we go to a different stadium every year. And and in fact, San Diego is uh, other than, you know, Wrigley and, and, and Boston, um, San Diego is my favorite kind of newer stadium, you know, even Uh though it's, it is, I love the building in left field. Yeah. 
That is like, I, and, and Western was, metal supply. Pretty cool. It, Western metal supply. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'll be on that. Um, uh, I, I do videos for head country quite yep. a bit. And, uh, and, uh, in fact, I just developed a, a prime rib roast uh, recipe for the holidays that they're Perfect. going to be releasing next, uh, next week. And, um, and then I'm also starting to do things with E3 meat company. So after I leave tomorrow, I'm going to go cook a veterans event. Um, cool. for them because they do some some things with uh, the veterans event. So on the marketing side, I would say, you know, don't spread yourself too thin, thin and become, you know, there are some YouTubers out there that are the NASCAR, you know, that it's anybody give them, you know, something, et cetera. Make sure you're kind of true and loyal to, to whatever brands that you are, you know, uh, that that you are. Don't don't hook up with three or four grill companies because then it's hard to hard to really be true, I think, to yourself. Absolutely. And don't forget about the uh, incredible recipes that you have on Traeger's website. I'm super impressed with their website, super impressed with their digital presence, um, everything that they do. But, you know, just the way to use one of your recipes. And if I want to cook for four people, it'll automatically take it, take that recipe down to four people. If I want to cook for eight, it'll. Isn't that cool? Really cool. Really cool. That's that's innovative. I wonder if they patented that or anything. Cause that, that I've never seen any website that, that, that does does it that way. So yeah, yeah it's, it's very interesting. So yeah, I highly recommend if you're, you're listening to this, go check out Traeger's website, check out Doug's um, recipes on there and be sure to follow him on Instagram. Stay curious, get involved, ask for help. Um, you know, you guys can reach out to the show anytime uh, at Sean P. Walchef on Twitter. And you can send me an email, Sean at CaliBBQ.media. Stover and Ian will write this into a blog, um, put links in there for the show notes, anything we talked about. Uh, Doug, you are a rock star. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. And um, we will catch you guys next week. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.